Pharisees heard that Jesus was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but the disciples. When the, when the Lord learned of this, he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now, he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour when the Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Verse 11, sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep, where can you get this living water? Let us pray. Oh, gracious God, our Father, creator, sustainer, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you for all that you've done, all that you're doing, and most importantly, what you're about to do. We cast down, Father God, any cares that are absent of you, we cast down anything that would distract or hinder your word from going forth the way that you have set forth for it to go. And most importantly, Lord, we ask that you completely move Derek aside, that your children may hear exactly what you have for them on this morning, and that you be glorified in all things. So therefore, Father, we thank you again for this day. We thank you again for this moment in time. And most importantly, Lord, we ask to hear directly from you, and it's in Jesus' name that we do pray. Amen. Amen. Deacon Anderson, I'm glad you're here because I was going to talk about you, and I didn't want you not to be here when I talked about you, okay? All right. Well, Deacon Anderson and I, we were, we were talking a couple weeks ago, and, and we were speaking about evangelism, and this is one of the greatest evangelistic pieces within the Bible. And we see that there's a lot of empty seats and, and a lot of times pastor tells people that they need to pay for everybody that's on their row when they come through to actually make an offering. But hopefully through this message, we will regain that fervor to go out and evangelize and draw other people to Christ. Because Right now, the largest population in the United States of America religiously concerned is the nuns. Those are the people with no religious affiliation. They're very spiritual people, but as far as organized religion is concerned, they want no parts of it. And I think that from this passage, we'll get an opportunity to kind of dive into why they want no parts of uh, on, uh, um, organized religion. <clears throat> 
So we see here that, first of all, Jesus is talking to a Samaritan woman. Now, speaking to a woman in those days in public was something that men just didn't do. And not only to speak to a woman, but to speak to a Samaritan woman. Now, the Samaritan woman, she had her own set of baggage in which she carried with her. Because as we even see in the text, that she didn't go when normal people would actually went to get water. She went in the heat of the day. Now, Jesus in, in itself is coming through Samaria, but he's coming through Samaria because of the fact that he felt that the, that the Pharisees were going to start conflict with him. So therefore, he decided that he would leave and he would head back to Galilee. But on his way to Galilee, instead of going around the way that the Jews would normally go, which they would take the long way across the Jordan and they would go bypass Samaria altogether, he decided that he would go through Samaria. And when he went through Samaria, he actually went straight to the well. And it, some people would say that it's coincidence, but of course, I don't believe anything is coincidence because I believe in Christ. I believe that it was actually a divine setup. And that setup was for him to reach Samaria and the well of Jacob at the same time that the Samaritan woman actually would reach that day. So Jesus walks up and he begins the conversation. Now, mind you, like I said before, this is a woman whom, first of all, this is a woman. They're in public. And even, even in, in, in leadership, in the religious sect, if they would be walking down the street and they saw a woman coming their way, in order to not make eye contact, they would even close their eyes because even a wife or sister could not hear from them in public around other people. So, but Jesus, now Jesus, the thing about Jesus, everything that Jesus did was intentional. And I think that that should be our model when we're dealing with God's people. And because everything that we did, he did was intentional, Jesus actually, when he got an opportunity to speak to the Samaritan woman, the first thing he asked her was for a drink. Now, Jesus was tired. He had, it was dusty. And of course, it was very hot at that time. And it says it was the sixth hour of the day. Now, the sixth hour of the day would be about noon. And that we know that's good heat, especially even around here. Noon is, is pretty hot around here. But what he would actually do is he would ask this woman for a drink. The woman, knowing his accent, knowing his tone, knew that he was not an individual from Samaria, but she knew that he was a Jew. And the first thing she responds to him and asks him is that, why would you ask me for a drink? Now, today, when we're walking down the street, I come from a small town, so therefore, when I see people in public, I tend to speak a lot. Maybe you've you got stuff on your mind and people don't speak back, but I do speak a lot. So therefore, even in today's time, whereas Jesus, who was from a different religious background, a different uh, ethnicity, or different set of people, he still ask this lady for a drink, whereas that may have been taboo for some people to do. And I think that that's a lot of what's going on in the church today, 
Because when we think about what's going on in the church today, the most segregated time of day is actually Sunday service. So everybody wants to be with their own people for Sunday service. But the kingdom of God looks nothing like what we assume that it looks. The kingdom of God is full of people from every race, every ethnicity. Even here in the United States, the tone right now is a tone of racism. Racism is at the forefront, I'm at the forefront of the news. Racism is at the forefront of everything. But then even when we look at our history, look at the history of this church, we see that the individuals that actually came before us, even though they were in dire straits, they were actually enslaved, but they built this place so that it would be a place of freedom. They had the opportunity to come in and not only worship freely, but they had the opportunity to be able to invite others in as well. And we see the location, the location of where this church is and the property that was actually sold by First Baptist Church and all white congregation is right across the street from the market in which individuals of color were actually, actually bought and sold. You guys think that's a coincidence? Absolutely not. And the reason why it's not a coincidence is the exact same reason that Jesus sat down and talked to this woman from Samaria. Jesus sat down and talked to her because he knew all the issues that she dealt with. He knew everything that she was going through. He knew that she was a little bit loose, as we call it today. He knew that she had never been married. He knew all of these things. And with him knowing that, for him, a rabbi, to be seen with her in public was a public disgrace. But guess what the rabbi did? He sent his disciples to get food. So they wouldn't have to deal with what he was going to actually have to deal with. So he would sit down with this woman and he would ask her for a drink. Now this is where the evangelism piece comes in. Because we know that Jesus is the living water, right? So if Jesus is the living water, then shouldn't we want everybody to have a drink of that water? Because those that are thirsty, they shall perish. And they shall perish into eternal damnation. So as men and women of God, because we show up here every single Sunday, but we show up by ourselves. How many of us, and I'm, and I'm, I'm guilty too, how many of us rode to church by ourselves this morning? Nobody in the car with us. Well, I'm guilty too. But here's the thing. Do you think God blessed us with those cars to be able to ride past the people that actually need him and come here to hear the word and learn to be doers of the word? Because he wants us to be able to help them to become doers of the word. Because it's the same, it's the thing of, about love. When it comes between love and hate, Hate is something that you literally have to practice over and over and over again. It's something that has to constantly be on the forefront of your mind. So for an individual to actually hate another individual, that means they're constantly thinking about that. And they're not thinking on the goodness of God. But for an individual to love, love comes naturally. This is why our pastor talks about love all the time, even Reverend Wittenberg was talking about love in his study this morning. He was talking about the agape love. 
Where do we get the agape love from? The Holy Spirit, which indwells within us. But we have to have a relationship with God in order for that to come to the forefront. Because this is not agape love is not something that just comes to you. Agape love is what God does within each and every one of us. He's the one that circumcises our hearts to be able to deal with one another on a daily basis. We can't do it because if we could do it, then guess what we would have been able to do? We would have been able to achieve the standards of the law. But because we couldn't do it, God had to send a replacement. A replacement in the name of Jesus Christ. And then when that replacement came, then guess what? He says that you're no longer required to do all of this because I've already done it. But guess what? Through me, you will be able to do all things. And so there, there came the point where we're at right now with the Samaritan woman because now she's asked Jesus for a drink. She's literally asking Jesus, how do I get to know this life in which you're speaking of? How do I come to a knowledge of this individual that you're talking about? This water, this living water. I get to know this living water by relationship first and foremost. The thing about relationship is, relationship is a two-way street. The most important part of a relationship is communication. And communication with Jesus or the Father all the time is what allows us to open up our hearts and be able to tell the story in which he's given. So, so now Jesus has sat down with this Samaritan woman and then he, she, he asked her for a drink. Now, she's still thinking along the lines of, of what's going on in the world because she says the well is deep and you don't have anything to draw from it. But he shows her immediately that he does and he is that living water that he's trying to introduce to her. So he lets her know that, and she asks him, where, where can I get this living water? And then she goes into talking about Jacob and how the flocks that Jacob fed in, in, in this area from this well. And then we also know that even Jacob's daughter, Jacob tried to make a peace treaty here in Shechem. And then what happened was his daughter was actually raped and then the brothers went in and they, they killed everybody out. So therefore, he wanted him, her to understand that the water I give to you is like a spring. It'll be bubbling up inside of you. Reverend Wittenberg said in his class this morning, it's not something that you can actually contain. The agape love is not something you can contain. When you're walking in agape love, it bubbles up inside of you. It's like you're trying to keep your mouth shut, but it just comes out. And that's the thing about evangelism. It's the exact same thing. When you have that love for Christ, it is in you. And it's in you to the point that you don't want to keep it to yourself. And now, when we get to the point, when we understand that we don't want to keep it to ourselves, then guess what? All these pews will be full. Because that's what we are seeking in him. It's not just about going through the motions. It's not about showing up on Sundays. It's not about, it's not about just coming here so I can be with my friends. It's about understanding that the love God showed me on the cross is the love that I need to show everybody else on a daily basis. Because you will transform and you will transcend your work environments. 
You will transform and transcend and the friends that you have. You won't even attract those that are outside of the things of God until God lays it on their heart for them to come to a knowledge of him. And then guess who the first person they're coming to? Because they've been watching you the whole time. And because they've been watching you the whole time, then guess what's going to happen? When you open your mouth, everything that flows out, they're going to be able to receive. They won't remember all of those bad things you've done. Because believe you me, none of us are perfect. And none of, even though we're perfected in Christ, but we don't walk as the world, as the world sees perfect, we can't walk that out on a daily basis. And so we have to understand that even though we have hiccups, even though we mess up, that's no time to get down on yourself. Because you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Not of works, so no man can boast. But in Christ Jesus. And so that's where we have to get to. So then Jesus answered in verse 13. He says, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. That's the water in the well that she was talking about pulling up out of the well. Then he said, but whoever drinks the water that I give to him will never thirst indeed. The water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up. And the reason why they use this word, because in the Hebrew, I mean, in the, in the Greek, that word spring means literally to bubble up. It means that the water is bubbling up. It's, it's ready. And so, so then he comes back and then he says um, it, in 15, then the woman said to him, sir, give me this water so I don't get thirsty and have to come here to draw water. Uh oh. Now, all of the other women in the, in the community actually came to draw water. But guess what time they came to draw water? Early, when it was cool. So that lets you know something else is going on right now. Because now she doesn't want to come and draw the water when it's cool. She wants to come in the heat of the day, when nobody else will be at the well. So, guess what? Let's get, back to the, let's get back to the word in verse 16. And then he told her, he says, go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband. Uh-oh. Well, the Lord said, go call your husband. But now you're saying that you don't have a husband. That sounds like an issue, don't it? Well, she replied, and Jesus said to her, you're right. When you say you have no husband, in fact, is you, in fact the fact is you have had five husbands. And the man you have now is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. So now we see why she comes to the well in the evening time. Because she has a history. She sounds like she has a history of taking other people's husbands. And now that we see that she has a history of taking other people's husbands, if she goes in the morning time, it's probably going to be a fight out there. And so since she has another one in the house that don't belong to her, then she's trying to stay away from the rest of the mess, even though she's being messy. Petty. Don't look back, Diva. <laughs> even though she's being petty. But her being petty has put her in this situation. So now guess what? 
She doesn't believe that anybody else loves her. She's at the point in her life where she believes that every single person that she come in contact with actually hates her. Why would they hate her, though? Well, probably because of gossiping folks. We're reading a book called I Am a Church Member. And we've been talking about that as well, about gossiping. Gossip and negative talk. So the gossip and negative talk, if I come down your way, just say, amen, amen, it's all good. But the gossip and negative talk is what got her believing that she, it's impossible for her to be loved. Impossible? There's no such thing. Because that's where we come in. Anytime there's a person that feels that it is impossible for them to be loved, then guess who God is calling to show them that they can be loved? Amen. Just point at yourself. That's all you got to do is point at yourself. Because that's what God is doing. That's what he wants us to do. Because we've come to an understanding of what the love of Christ actually is. And because we've come to that understanding of the love of Christ, then guess what? We are to show the entire world. That's why he says, be in the world, but be not of the world. But because we were, we're, we're considered as aliens. We're here for a period of time. We're just in this shell for a period of time. So, so for all y'all that's trying to stay here forever, y'all might as well go, go just count that out. Because eventually you're going to have to go. And the body that you're going to receive is going to be a lot better than the one that you're actually in. And so you should be happy for that. Now. Back to the text. Verse 18. He says, the fact is, you've had five husbands, and the man, and the man you have now is not your husband. You was quite right. 19. Says, sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Hmm. Wait a minute. She don't even know who this, this Jesus is, but she know that he's a prophet. Flesh and blood didn't reveal that to her. So now she sees that he's a prophet. And then she goes in to talk about her father's worshiping there and things like that. But then Jesus lets her know that you Samaritans only know part of the story. You pagans only know part of the story. You worldly folks only know part of the story. So now, let me tell you the truth. That's where the truth comes in. That's where we come in. It's, it's time for us to start telling the world the truth. Because we, we lie to people so much. Our actions say one thing, and then our mouth say something completely different. And they're, just, they're not judging you by the words that are coming out of your mouth. They're judging you by the actions in which you, you do in front of them. And so because they, they, they see something, but God is also showing them something in you. So now it's got to get to the point where we're, we're willing to allow our actions to line up with our words. And so when our actions and our words line up, then that's when we have an opportunity to come to the well. To come to the well and speak to this woman. Or speak to that man or whomever is waiting at the well for you because there's someone always at the well looking for a drink and that's what we've got to come in at we've got to provide that drink for them 
Because just, a, just because a person come and ask you for a bottle of water, that doesn't mean they're seeking a bottle of water. Just because they ask you for a bite of food or, or a burger, that doesn't mean they're seeking that, that burger. Let's take an opportunity and gain a full understanding of what's going on with them. Because Jesus had to have a conversation with this woman. We can't get so busy in our days that we're literally just walking away from folks. We have to find a time to stop. And once we find that time to stop, then guess what's going to happen? They're going to open up. And then God is going to open up within you. What's going to come out of your mouth is thus saith the Lord. Even when you don't think that you have the words to say, he said that he'll give them to you. And that's his whole point is to give you whatever you need to say so that you can help folks to come to a relationship with him. Because I think my life is pretty good. Better than pretty good because it was pretty good when I was in the world. But my life is great now. Because regardless of what's going on in my life, I still know who's covering me. Trouble don't last always. And when we understand that trouble don't last always, then we can walk in the fullness of who he's called us to be. Don't worry, folks. I'm about to close. I ain't, ain't going to be here long. So now, would you say, Elijah? So now, after Jesus gets done explaining to her about um, the Samaritans' worship, then he tells her in verse 24, he says, God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and truth. Then the woman replies, I know that I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am the Messiah. He revealed himself to a person that wasn't a Jew. And then after he reveals himself to her, guess what she does? She goes back and she tells everybody. Everybody. Now, I know that this is a story that most of you have already heard before. But the understanding that once Christ is revealed, that we cannot keep our mouth shut is what we have to do on a daily basis. It doesn't you don't have to go around quoting scriptures to people. And I think that that's the biggest misconception of evangelism. People think that you have to go and say, oh, thus saith the Lord. No. You came from you came from the same place that they're actually in right now. Because he's not going to send you anybody that you cannot relate to. And then once you're able to relate to them, then tell them how good God has been in your life. So now you're telling them how good God has been in your life and, and all of the things that he's blessed you with. And they're going to come back and they're going to ask, well, how do I get to know him? We've been passing out center cards, sinners prayer cards for the longest. But then we take that opportunity to sit with them and let them know that it's by their belief in their confession. Believe in their heart and confess with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, then they shall be saved. 
is it that simple? No, it can't be that simple. I got to keep some law. Ain't it some laws and some stuff I can't do, stuff that I cannot do? No. Start with the confession first. Because once the confession comes, and if it comes from your heart, then all that other stuff that you're doing, it's going to take time, but it's going to start to fall off. And as it starts to fall off, then guess what's going to happen? Then the more and more you stand upright, the more confidence you have, the more you're able to continue to share with other people. And then now that you've shared with that individual, that individual shares with another person. And then that individual shares with another person. And now it's like one of those pyramid schemes. But the thing is, you're setting yourself up for treasures that man does not even understand the, the, the magnitude of. Because you're lining your crown with diamonds because of the fact that you're sharing the word of God. And that's all that he asks us for. Share the word. Bring everyone to me. Heavy laden, the weary, the burden. Because that's the only way that they will actually get rest. And so this woman goes back to, to her village. The same woman that every single person in that village has talked about or had a beef with. But she goes back to her village. And when she goes back to her village... Every individual from that village comes to see the man that she's been talking about. One person transformed an entire community. So that's the call today. What are you willing to do for Christ? Just showing up ain't enough. And that's, and that's what we have to understand. We can't just keep showing up. Because as long as we keep just showing up, the days of this world will continue to wax colder and colder. But regardless of what is going on in the world, we have that security in Christ. We don't have to worry. Because God forbid, we walk out this door and get ran over. We ain't got to worry about it. We know where we're going. So now, this is the time, a better time than any. On your job, my young people in your school, because we talk about it all the time, right? In your school, wherever you grocery store, I found that the grocery store is the best place in the world to evangelize. Because when a person takes time to go to the grocery store, they know they're going to be there for a while. <laughs> and usually if you can, you can make eye contact and you can strike up a conversation, you can stand there for a while and talk. Nobody rushing you to get out of the way or anything. And that's one of my favorite places to go now. I used to hate going to the grocery store. Till I gained an understanding that these are God's people too. So now... The question you should ask yourself is what you're going to do. Because when you leave this place, you've heard it. So now when you leave this place, you should be ready. You're equipped. And so many of us think us that we're ill-equipped. 
I need to, no, you don't need to do anything. Just show up. And I promise if you show up and open your mouth and, and, and say hello, guess what's going to happen? Because God wants to show you now. You've heard. See, you weren't responsible until you heard. But now that you've heard, you're responsible. So now even if you don't want to open your mouth, people are going to come to you and start talking to you. And you're going to have to open your mouth. And eventually, he's going to get glory. And the more you do it, the more you're going to grow to love it. Because that love that's inside of you, that love that he asks you to, to show your brothers and sisters and everybody that you encounter, is that love that you're going to start to feel for people. That regardless of what your situation is, regardless of how much pain you're actually in, that is going to be, that love is going to come to the forefront. And because that love is at the forefront, people are going to be getting, people are going to be saved just because of you. And they're going to remember you forever. They may not even remember your name, but I promise you, they'll remember you forever. Because their life will immediately change. So folks, again, like I said, I wasn't going to hold you guys long. And that's, that's my closing. God has, there was a reason for Jesus coming down 40, 40 and two generations. That reason wasn't so that we can just sit idly in the church pews. I think that the worst thing that ever happened was they actually build the building with walls. Because when we look at the book of Acts, the book of Acts shows us that they went out daily, every day. The faith community grew on a daily basis. That doesn't stop now because we're waiting till Sunday come and we want to just invite somebody to come on Sunday. It's actually because the days are growing colder and colder. Think about our kids, man. Our kids has everything in the world at the touch of their fingertip. And then we're afraid for them not to have phones. Well, we shouldn't be afraid, but we want them to have phones so that they can be able to reach us. And then they're being taught things by other kids. And because they're being taught by other kids versus coming to us, because they don't feel like they, we can talk to them. I mean, they can talk to us. We're too busy for them. So now when they talk to the other kids, they're going to tell them the wrong thing to do. And because they're telling them the wrong thing to do, and we're wondering why they're doing all of this stuff, then now we're mad. But we have to understand that prayer changes things. And communication is critical, especially in the lives of our young people. So today, if you're here and you don't have a church home and you want to be part of a community that actually goes out and evangelizes, that, that tells the world about a living Savior who died and on the third day was resurrected, Save me from all of my past discretions, but now gives me a right to the tree of life, that I may have eternal life. So now, 
it's your time. If you're here and you do not know who Christ is, come down. Give us your hand and give God your heart. Because now is the time. Now is a better time than any. Because tomorrow's not guaranteed for anybody. So let's get that understanding right now that Jesus loves us. And he loves us more than anything in this world. And because of his love,